0: Welcome to Balanced Black Girl Land, our little corner of the audio world where we're focused on getting our lives together, together. My name is Les, I'm your host, and I started this podcast almost four years ago to have a space to explore wellness and self-improvement topics that I wanted to learn more about. Right now on the podcast, we're getting our money together. We're leaning into abundance, we are striving to be well-resourced, and we're talking through strategies on how to get there. So this episode is all about getting our minds right when it comes to money, okay? Get your mind right, get your grind right. That feels especially important right now when we have so much noise around us when it comes to money. So whether it's about headlines, about all the things that are happening economically or social media where it seems like everybody is magically making six plus figures being a coach or working in tech, Yet in real life, the math does not seem to be mathing, and we are all just trying to figure things out and do our best. So we're tuning out the noise, we're getting our money mindset in order, and we're really preparing ourselves to step into and stay in abundance with this week's guest, Chiyama Njaku. Chiyama is the owner and chief mindful operator at the Mindful Bookkeeper, as well as the host of the Cheers to Your Prosperity podcast. Through her work as an accountant and financial coach, she helps coaches, consultants, and small business owners keep more of their hard-earned money without sacrificing the things that make life enjoyable, like coffee, dinner with friends, and time with family. When she's not helping others grow their bank accounts, you can find her practicing handstands, cooking, and playing with her dog, and she 100% believes we all have the right to prosper. I found Chiyama's podcast earlier this year and really resonated with her message and I was so excited to bring her on this series. She helps us get our lives right and better decipher the messaging around money that we receive. I know you're going to love this one and make sure when you're done listening that you check out Chiyama's podcast as well. I'll see you on the other side. Chiyama, welcome to Balanced Black Girl. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Definitely. I also, I love interviewing fellow podcasters. I found you through uh, your amazing podcast, Cheers to Your Prosperity, earlier this year in the spring, I think. And so interviewing other podcasters is really fun.
1: Awesome. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for that. (laughs) cuz I just literally got started so it's always yeah. a pleasure to have um an experienced podcaster listening and Well, thank you. Thank you. That made me smile.
0: Yes, you are so welcome. Thank you for the work that that you're doing in the world.
1: Thank you as well.
0: So right now on the podcast, we're talking all about money and the intersection of money and wellness and ways that we can be better stewards to our money. This is an area that you know a lot about. You educate other people about money. You're an experienced accountant. You have had quite A money story of your own. So I would love if maybe we could share a bit about your money story uh, with our audience, so they can get to know you a little better.
1: Sure. You know, it's it's funny because my story. Speaking of podcasting and and talking about my story, maybe you feel the same way. But it's therapeutic to talk about your story because you uncover more layers. So I almost feel like my story tends to shift a little bit (laughs) depending on the season, but. Going, and I'll try not to be too long, I promise you all, but um, (laughs) I originally, so I'll say probably this part I haven't mentioned before, I was originally going to become a doctor. So I was, since I was six years old, med school, rolling up my sleeves, getting into cadavers, dead bodies. And like I was, that was my track. And I'll never forget when my parents and everybody that I looked up to said, medicine isn't where it's at. And as I'm now understanding more about myself and why they said that, the the reason why they said that is because of money and went Mm -hmm. to school for accounting. I guess before Instagram really became a thing, um, I think sometimes we get into that comparison where we're looking at other people and kind of feeling bad about ourselves, or maybe I did. And so I'm looking at other people and I'm hearing them talk about the bonuses that they received or looking at what they're wearing, shoes, purses, where they lived. And I just never felt like I was making enough money. I was running an accounting department. And at that time, I was living in Houston, Texas. So Houston is that oil industry. And oil and gas, with the 2008 recession, it was on delay. So 2008 happened, um, financial mortgage-backed security crisis recession but I was still gainfully employed because at that time I was living in Houston, Texas. That domino effect hit them later. And so I ended up getting uh, laid off. A layoff and loss of income will quickly uh, tell you that you need to get your your finances in order. And after I would say about... It took me a year. I was fortunate enough to be able to move in with my parents who also relocated to Houston. Mm-hmm. And... I thought, you know what? It'll be like a few months. I can just find another job. No problem. And a few months turned into six months, seven, eight, nine, a year. And I was like, all right, it's time to unpack, got settled. This is probably my new reality. And about that time, a book came into my life called Profit First.
0: And I read this
1: book. Have you heard of it? Profit First? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I enjoy it. I was going to ask you about it. Yeah. I'm excited you brought it up.
1: (laughs) Cool. I don't know why this book spoke to me, but it did. And it was the first time that I realized that I could actually be a little creative with how I manage my money. I didn't just have to follow. My brain at that time was generally accepted accounting principles gap. So I only saw one way to manage money, if you really call it that. I clearly wasn't doing well. And just this book showed me a different way to look at handling money. And really, instead of paying everybody else first, essentially, and then hoping that there was something left over, it showed me essentially that it's okay to look after me first, that I'm the most important employee, even though I wasn't working for anyone. It was my own personal finances. So I just honestly started with moving money for me first and then learning to manage what was left. And that was a slow build to, and really the foundation of where I am today. And it just, that step started to peel the layers of what I think is, I don't want to say wrong, but what needs to be updated with how we care for our finances, how we look at money, it being okay to talk about money. It gave me permission to lean into manifesting and understand that lean into money man mindset and understand that personal development. It's just, I, I actually really appreciated that one book that just for me said, it's okay to do things the way it suits you.
0: Yeah. It opened the door. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. There's a few aspects of your story that really stuck out to me that I would love to, to talk about a little bit more One, I love that you have expressed the difference between professional finance and personal finance and how those two things are actually quite different, right? Like you were working in a very professional setting running accounting departments for major companies and so obviously very financially literate, like people throw out that term as if it's kind of the cure-all to everything and it is very important, but it is different than managing your own personal finances. And I think that that, hearing your story will hopefully help people feel okay if they're still working through it and if they're still refining those habits and figuring it out, that there's no shame in that. We're all learning, even when you're a professional finance person.
1: Yeah. I grew up where I felt like I, not I felt, I had to be perfect. I have a, (laughs) I'm first generation in the US. And one of the things that growing up, it was this ideal, like you can't fail. And maybe that's the way it was for my parents. I don't know. Or maybe that's what they thought they had to do. But like, I had to learn that it's okay to fail. It's okay to keep learning. It's okay to make yeah. mistakes because there's a lot of information that comes with the, uh, I'm going to use failure in air quotes right now. Cause it's not really, I know it's, it's still seen as a bad thing. It's not actually, I think it's failure is feedback is what I've, Tend to say a lot. Failure is feedback and feedback you need. Absolutely.
0: And I'd love to talk about Profit First a little bit too. I'm so glad that you brought that up. I've read Profit First. I actually read it earlier this year for the first time and got a lot of value in it. And I've now run my business finances using Profit First, I would love to hear more about what about that book really resonated with you and how you were able to apply that to personal finances, because that is a little bit of a different perspective.
1: Profit First, for me, if anyone has the the US version of the book, I always refer re- them to page 47, at least that's the, the updated version I have. And it talks about seeding the account. And essentially, Profit First gave me or showed me a pretty easy way to start saving money. Um, and it spoke to my accountant brain. So that, that is 1%. Take anytime you make money or money comes into your life, be it your professional finances, personal, take 1% of that amount 0.01 and move it to your savings before you pay bills, before you buy an ice cream cone, before anything. And so the idea is you shouldn't miss 1% of your money. Also, it's working with what you already have. Most people have a checking account. Most people have a savings account. So I appreciated that because it was like, at that time, that is all I had. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was making $350 a month of far downhill from my six-figure salary. I was teaching yoga at the time. Even at that time, and I had bills to pay, just to be clear. (laughs) But even Mm -hmm. at that time, I'm like, I could spare $3.50. I could do that. And so it was just easy, I guess. And I think I was ready. I was ready to take a different path. With just three short months of patience, I started to actually save money for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like a million dollars, but it was the fact that I had $12 in my savings account versus before I had zero. (laughs) Absolutely. That's why it spoke to me. It was just, it started to solve my problem. And it was a nice, it was a nice, simple foundation that I really believe that anyone can try. So personal finances...
0: professional, it works. It works the same. Yeah. Yeah. In that regard. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. And even what you just described, like that act of saving, no matter how much it is, just building the muscle of doing it and managing what you have and learning how to manage that in different ways is really, really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, an episode of yours on your podcast that I really loved uh, was How Money Mindset Keeps You Broke. And when I saw the title, <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, oh, spicy. Mm-hmm. I am listening to this right now. <laughs> and I'll I'll link it in the show notes below so that everyone can can tune in. Um uh, in that episode, you talk about how we can get caught up being woke but broke. So can you tell us what being woke but broke means? Yeah.
1: So I just want to say this that episode was in solid defense of money mindset and manifestation, but unfortunately, this is where I'm gonna give my know it all uh I'm making fun of myself when <laughs> I call myself know it all, but know it all <laughs> opinion. I think people hear things on Instagram or whatnot and don't really understand what it really is. so you got a lot of bad information out there that's really that woke yet broke is showing up in my virtual office so just to describe We'll Get Broke, there's the beautiful Instagram feeds of people maybe on a yacht. You might think it's really their yacht, but it's not because y'all look at money for a living. <laughs> I know the real deal. <laughs> you see the books. Oh, yeah. I see the books. <laughs> I know a lot. So I see the, the rented cars. I see the the house. And there's a lot of people that want to showcase their assets, right? So they allow people to take photos of their house, their car, their boat. They allow that. So just in case you want nice, a nice Photoshop thing. So to the person who doesn't know that, they will look at someone's feed and be like, oh my gosh, their life is amazing. Now add these amazing captions that say the right things. And you're inspired. Yes, they're, they're woke. But me knowing, having worked with a few of them as well, knowing and work. They're broke. And maybe they're creating those feed as like part of the manifesting process is like, what's your vision board? What is what is visualize the life that you want to have? But you're not there yet, right? But then your Instagram feed is showing other people who are getting influenced by that and saying, Oh my gosh, that's real life. And so I'm seeing this impact and pressure to have this life that is not really authentic or real. Our real life statistics in the U.S. anyway, show that the average U.S. family can barely have a thousand dollars in savings. But yet everyone on Instagram has this amazing bossed up rich life with the perfect money statements. (laughs) So it just, it's almost like when I say woke, yet broke, it doesn't, there's a mismatch. And I think a little bit of a denial, honestly. So that's how the money mindset and manifestation, that's a small taste of what I'm saying, is keeping us broke. We're not allowing ourselves to feel where we really are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Focusing on the appearances of things and kind of stopping the work at the visualization, even though there's a lot of work to be done in addition to the visualization to get to that point. Yeah, I feel like on Instagram, especially Instagram and TikTok too, thinking about kind of the differences between different social media platforms, Instagram, because it was previously up until now. I know now everybody hates Instagram. we, We get it. But back in the day, you know, thinking about, you know, 2018 Instagram where photos were everything and online coaches were everything. It definitely was like. Everybody had their picture of their laptop on the beach and their, you know, big house. And TikTok, what I've noticed is a lot of very similar things, but it's a lot of people pushing either being a content creator to make a lot of money or easy businesses to like make a lot of money and all of these things. And so I do wonder what the validity of some of that is. And I've even felt influenced by it of like, oh, this person is making However many thousand per month should I be making that much per month <laughs> like what is are we doing something wrong? What is the the standard here? So it's interesting how these platforms can really influence what we think and and how well we think we're doing
1: absolutely. This is where I know for me i'm I'm all into money, but this is where I feel very grateful to be paying attention to my finances. And one of the things, not to bring it back to Profit First, but I, I expanded on Profit First beyond that 1% to add another account that was for fun. That account that's for fun, for example, I started to move money into this account that was for fun to help me connect with what I want. And it's given me the ability to kind of block that pressure to have this perfectly curated Instagram feed slash life because I started to connect with what I really want. With me doing, I guess, a poor job of connecting what that has to do with all of this, what I'm, I'm, what I'm really trying to say is I don't really find that a lot of us know what we truly want. And so we look to Instagram or TikTok or a magazine or the news to tell us what we should have, which is kind of the issue right now. Yeah, It's very important for all of us to be okay with saying, this is what I want and I, and I also want to say push off need because I think need and want can be the same but if you know what you want and just stand in that and almost not care and it's it's hard because a lot of people want to make another person wrong but stand on what you truly want well you can look at the feed of Instagram and be like wow that's beautiful hmm i want to visit that one day but also know that you don't have to have that as your feed that's that person yeah. you're like i love that that's so great But you're fine with where you're at. You're fine with Mm -hmm. who you are. You won't succumb to pressure. That was my recent revelation of Instagram. Because I, too, was having this, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I like Instagram. I'm I'm on Instagram. I don't have TikTok. (laughs) Just like, I don't know if I like Instagram anymore. And then I realized it's because I was starting to slip into this pressure to be that, an influencer. Yep. But I love Instagram because I talk to people from everywhere. That's one thing I love about, especially Instagram. But I was starting to hate it for me. And then mm-hmm. I'm like I don't want to be an influencer. I I just want to be Chiama. And yeah. as soon as I I realized that was what I was feeling, the pressure is off, you know. It's mm. just I'm good. Now I can appreciate everyone's amazing feed or the food that they show or trips or new cars and I can appreciate that and be like that's so great and I'm fine with where I'm at.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's being harder to influence, which is a good thing. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I probably, I do the influencer thing. That's kind of part of this whole like universe. Mm -hmm, that This mm -hmm. conversation is a a part of, but I also do recognize like, I like when people are hard to influence because it means that they're firmly rooted in, in who they are and where they are. And I admire that. Yeah.
1: I think it's good to appreciate other people's wins too. Like, That's why it's important to be grounded in who you are because then you see someone have a win and you can genuinely be happy for that person. I'm sounding like, oh, be positive, but I really mean it. Like (laughs) you can appreciate
0: another person's success instead of being like,
1: oh, like, hmm, well, that's fake or
0: blah, 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 (laughs) whatever it is. Definitely, definitely. And when it comes to, you know, we talked a little bit about money mindset and how it can be tempting to be very focused on the visual aspects, either being influenced by what we see, like we were just saying, or visualizing what we want and kind of stopping there. If that's a place where someone is stuck at, what should they do to kind of keep moving forward? Is it going into action? Like, what should they do if they recognize, like, oh, maybe I, I'm woke, but broke? That's me. Or I'm, I'm, really caught up in what people who are woke but broke are doing, what are steps they can take to move through that?
1: Well, so I actually appreciate if a person can become aware, because I think awareness is key. If you know that you are in that woke yet broke phase, or that you're kind of seeing, you're seeing other people's feeds and you're like, oh gosh, why can't that be my life? Good for you for being aware because some people are not aware yet. With that awareness now, I always advise, I'm someone that I like to write, but maybe you like to do other things. But let's just say you like to write. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Take a seat, give yourself a good 15 to 30 minutes to start, and just write down what it is you want. And try not to judge if it's too silly or not realistic. Forget all of that. Write down everything that you want. I think we could, especially as adults, We can allow ourselves to dream, be childlike, you know, go within and give ourselves that time. You know, we use the word grounding. This is a good grounding exercise right here. Pause, slow down and write and trying to connect it to money. So I'm going to, (laughs) you have your list. I think it might be time to check out your bank accounts. It could be business or personal. Let's say personal because that's where a lot of these things come from. Go into your personal accounts and I would say, look at your list and look at your, whether you, it's what you earn or spend. And I would say, ask yourself, are any of the things the money that's coming to your account, is it helping you get the things on your list? Your expenses, is it helping you get the things on your list? And this isn't about cutting coffees or anything. Like you you need expenses, expenses help you go into your accounts and just have an that honest inquiring conversation with yourself. Is this helping me or hurting you, or none of the above? And it gives you a voice in the conversation. I just don't think we give ourselves enough time to just kind of sit and reflect and and feel. Mm-hmm. It's allow the the if it's a negative feeling, let it bubble up. My mentor had to tell me this a couple years ago. She's like, it's okay to feel bad feelings when you feel it. It leaves you, yeah. And I don't think we give ourselves enough of an opportunity to just feel the negative things. Um, we want to feel the positive things, but we've got something negative that's in the way of that. So feel it, understand it, let it move through you. I know I'm not a therapist, but I'm just passing along information that helped me greatly, and it's it's freeing.
0: Yeah, when you feel it, it leaves you. That's good. That's really good because I think. It can be tempting to feel this pressure to be positive all the time I know that's something that i've really struggled with or i'll try and confide in people like if i'm upset about something or something's going on and The first response is like well be positive or be grateful and it's like i'm all those things But this is what i'm feeling right now. So Let's not invalidate that in ourselves and in one another
1: exactly exactly
0: so another part of kind of money mindset that I would also love to talk about would maybe be the other end of things like the extreme frugality and kind of scarcity side of things. Semi-selfishly, because I feel like that's (laughs) what I tend to struggle with more, which I think can be sometimes seen as a good thing, but could be potentially two sides of the same coin. Um, So I'd love to hear your take on how being too frugal also relates to money mindset.
1: Yeah. You know, so the the common money advice that's still too prevalent out there would also talks about save money, save money, save money, save money. (laughs) But no one teaches you how to spend consciously or say it's okay to let it go. So that's also, that's a practice actually. I'm going to go back to Profit First, because that's one Let's of the things it. that...
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Profit First helped me with that, actually, too, because as I saw my savings account grow, I felt that resistance. And I know when I work with clients, they're like, I don't want to uh, touch that money I'm saving. And at this it's kind of like they're spending a dollar just to save 50 cents. So it's actually starting to do them harm, by actually... Mm-hmm. So now it's like practice consciously spending. And that's where I'm going to tie it back to that list of what is it that you want? Like give yourself permission to spend. So that's why you have these things. Now you're understanding what you need. Another thing to do also is I briefly and, and probably terribly mentioned having an account, that fun account. Actually, part of profit first is having that operational expense account, an account mm-hmm. that's for your business daily business operations or monthly operations, that's your permission to spend. So yeah. there is a practice when you have a plan, you know, like a, a whether it's a profit first plan, I'll just nerd out and say there's others like the jar T harvecker's jars method. There's 50, 30, 20. There's so many, you can be cr- as creative as you want to with managing money. But the idea is you have different accounts with a specific purpose, bank accounts that is. Mm-hmm. And that gives you permission and practice of spending consciously. The nice thing about spreading out your money into those accounts is that you can catch something that doesn't belong. So we're m- mentioning profit first, maybe give profit first a shot and, and practice not only are you practicing having money, but you're practicing spending money consciously. But I would always say, begin with, Give yourself that time to just write out or speak out or vision board out what it is that you want. Get very yeah. clear, as clear as you can, you know, and we're always evolving, but get as clear as you can at the, in the moment.
0: That's super helpful. Something I can relate to a lot. Like I've had a business for several years creating content and I... I didn't start paying actually like paying myself really until earlier this year after reading Profit First. And I had to do a lot of reflecting as to why that is. Like I've had team members and different services and coaches, and I would generate this money in my business to to then just give it to a bunch of other people. Mm. But I personally was not receiving any financial benefit from the work that I'd been doing for six, seven years. And finally I had to be like, Oh, I am. Running this business, I'm the only like true employee here. <laughs> I'm running a, a business so that I can be paid too. Like, I, I think so much about like how much I value other businesses, particularly black women-owned businesses, and love giving my money to black women. but I'm like, oh wait, but I'm a black woman who deserves money too. <laughs> and I forgot about that for my own self, so I'm still learning. Yeah, we're like, I think we're a
1: product of our conditioning where taking care of ourselves is seen as a bad thing. You know, I I, I get annoyed. Yeah, I get annoyed. I'll use that word. When, when something like going to the spa for a massage is seen as luxury and like not needed. And it's like, why is that? Why is it going to relieve tension and recharge for, you spend 30, was it 30 minutes to an hour? Why is that a bad thing? Why is it playing around? And that's just this, there's this pervasive mentality that just says you have to keep working, or er, earning your pay, you know? And so we get into businesses working for ourselves, especially for to achieve some kind of freedom. And we're not giving ourselves permission to have that. Yeah. And so it's, it's not our fault because that's the way we're taught, and it's just a matter of now having that awareness and undoing it, undoing that that teaching. You're, you are the most important employee. I'm the most important po- employee in my business. Without the business owner, the the leader, the business doesn't function, and then all the people we're helping suffer. <laughs> yeah. So we have exactly. to take care of ourselves. We have to. We have to
0: make money. Yeah. Absolutely, it is. A necessity. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I would love to to switch gears to talk a little bit about recessions. You know, we earlier we're talking about the 2008 recession and um, your experiences with that and how that impacted you. And now in 2022, we are coming up on another recession and the kind of impacts of that. And I would love to talk about maybe becoming recession-proof in both either our personal finances and for our entrepreneurs out in the audience in our businesses. Um, So what are some important elements of navigating a recession with minimal turbulence, if possible?
1: Yes. So I actually want to put out there that a recession, the news especially is great throwing out the fear firebombs. And I I want to say to everyone that a recession is a time for opportunity. It's a time to, to slow down as it gives us a chance to do the things that we probably should be doing anyway. Here's what I mean by opportunity. You and I talking right now, the world wide web came from a recession I happen to have a cell phone in my hand that was born from a recession. Airbnb, speaking of 2008, mortgage-backed security crisis, Airbnb born from that recession. And if we look over time from, we'll start the Great Depression to now, we have cars that drive itself (laughs) versus before (laughs) horse and buggy. So despite Mm -hmm. an economic slowdown, we're still bigger than ever. So, okay. Those are all big things that doesn't, that probably doesn't fear still remain as they should, right? Because it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. If you're, if you're afraid, you can do something about it. I would say, number one, speaking of, we're talking about mindset, money, and otherwise mention a massage, take care of yourself. We've had a lot since 2020. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm going to say if you watch your Netflix or Disney Plus. Yes. yes. <laughs> Get outside and and hang out with the neighbors, your kids or or listen to a podcast like this. Relax yourself. Do what you need to relax. Get plenty of sleep. I was hearing about people not taking showers regularly because of depression or what have you? Because they don't have anywhere to go. Get into the habit of Cleaning yourself again. Like it's literally cleansing off that negativity. Yeah. So yeah, for starters, take care of yourself. Things slow down. Okay. That's more time for you. In terms of now, I'll bring it up again, not to be a broken record. If you haven't had that chance to list out and do that self reflection, list out the things that you want. Maybe you did that on the new year. Maybe take a look at your new year's list. What are the things that you want to accomplish? Like revisit those goals or items. Like just connect, reconnect with all of that. And then now for the money, this is such a solid time to really look at your finances because to me, a recession is a time to prioritize what means most to you. You can still travel. You can still go out to dinner. um, You can still hire people. But a recession is a good time to really reprioritize instead of just acting, 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 because economic slowdown give you a chance to slow down as well. If you haven't logged into your bank accounts, do that right now. Re- reconnect with those passwords. Take a look at what you're spending your money on. And I know some people might want some tangible advice. You know, we've had talk talk about, sure, they heard about um interest rates going up for credit cards or, auto loans or any of, of those kind of loans. You know what? Don't freak out about that. Maybe just be more mindful. This is a time to be mindful of where your money is going to. It's okay to say no to some things for now. It's temporary so that you can be even more of a yes. Think about getting some financial assistance. If, you know, if, if that's where, if you're like, I don't know how to get a handle of all this is overwhelming, get some help. No one should judge you, <laughs> and if they're judging you, yes. they're not the right professional for you. You don't need that. Exactly. Right now. I say, take care of what you can take care of.
0: Definitely. What I appreciate about that advice, it reminds me of when we were talking about money mindset, the importance of grounding and being rooted in who you are. And it sounds like now it's like a really good time to get firm in that, yes. so that we can grow and be ready for opportunity. Absolutely.
1: I was, yeah, the biggest thing I'll say, a recession, you know what? You actually said it best. I shouldn't say anything more. So I'll just reset. So I'll say what you just said. <laughs> yeah, time to get grounded and rooted in who you are. Yeah, enough Chiyama.
0: <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> it's great. It's super helpful. And for people who are maybe small business owners or people who are interested in launching business, right? We know that over the past few years, Black women have been uh, the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs here yes. in the US, so, which is amazing. Love it. Love to see it. Love to see Black women creating opportunities. What about launching a business during a recession? What is- Why not? That's like- Interesting.
1: <laughs> get in there. I've, okay, opportunity, right? I have had yeah. friends that have actually during the 2020 where businesses were, were in lockdown, mm-hmm. they bought, they, they rented storefronts. They're killing it right now. So they took advantage of the low, low fares at that craziness where, where it's like, why would you ever get a storefront? That's an example. And now we see why. so just because we're in a recession doesn't mean that you got people that are holding back so that means that there's less quote-unquote competition i don't really like that word competition but there's people who are just going to wait things out and that's to your benefit if you're going into if you're getting started with business get started now because people are hunkering down waiting it out and you're taking advantage and serving people that are still available to serve
0: mm that is a really great perspective. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I love that.
1: yeah, go get it, y'all go get it <laughs>
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. and are there any things you know as small business owners, maybe those who have already launched their business as we uh kind of look to to navigate being in a recession um advice that you would have for business owners
1: yeah the the biggest thing I would really say for small business owners is is actually. Start learning how to manage money if you don't know already. And I know managing money is a big subject, but um, speaking it to it clearly, the pressure and speaking of Instagram won't we'll get broke online, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the making 10K is no longer the, the thing right now. It's make 100K per month, $100,000 per month. And um, Or maybe that's what I'm always seeing. I'm just like, how do we go from one to the other so fast? Right. And um, (laughs) I do know why. It's actually panic buying, but I digress from the 2020. Mm. But there's this pressure to make money, make money, make money, make money. And that can be a a path to burnout. It's easy to overlook how to have money. And I know that we're making money so we can have money. So learn how to have money. My small business owners, it's you don't have that corporate red tape to ask permission if you can spend here or if you can like go of this. The way small business owners can take action. That's what I love about it. So don't just make money, have money. And so get connected with how to have money. Learn how to manage money. It's okay to have money.
0: Yes. Preach. Oh, my goodness. That was learn how to have money is a good. I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna. That's gonna be my affirmation to go in my journal.
1: <laughs> have money.
0: <laughs> yes. Learn how to have money. That it's okay to have money. We have covered so much today. It's. I've learned so much in this conversation. As we look to kind of uh, wrap things up for today, I would love to maybe leave our community just with some maybe mindful money habits that they can move forward with that can, you know, help folks regardless of, of the economic situation. So what are some mindful money habits that you recommend we implement?
1: Oh, okay. I, um, let's put some things together. Speaking of, of keeping calm right now in a recession, I imagine some of your, your community members do meditate. We reference journaling. So if the money discussion is uncomfortable, right, or the thought of looking at your bank accounts right now is like, oh, absolutely not, I would actually, this is something that I did as I was getting on my, my feet, to relax myself, to calm myself so I can receive the information. I meditated, and I, I meditated for anywhere from 5 to 30 minutes. I was relaxed. And then I checked my bank accounts. Mm -hmm. And it was at that time that I was able to see not just the bad, but the good. Yeah. So that's something you can do. Or check your bank accounts and then meditate afterwards. You can blend the two. If meditating is not your thing, how about check your bank accounts and journal about it? Mm -hmm. What did you see? How did it feel? Why did it feel that way? Or you can journal before and then check your bank accounts. Maybe it's meditating, journaling, journaling, that's something else. How about you can light some candles, play your favorite music, and also incorporate your money management prowess. <laughs> so you can, man- yes. you can check your accounts, track your finances, and have a nice candle lit situation with some amazing music. Behind you, and create a pleasurable experience, so that you actually want to manage your money. You actually want to look at your money, and and it's not something that's terrible. Now you, it's positive. And then, yes, one more thing I'll add because consistency is key. Yep. And so I believe in using what we have. I still have my phone on my lap, so you can actually schedule in like a money date. Schedule all of this in. Mm-hmm. And you could do it weekly, you could do it twice a week, just to start connecting, you know, because I think monthly, sometimes we can kind of put it off. So weekly, or twice a week, pick a a good day and a time, put that in your calendar. And then when that notification goes off, that's your time. That's your time, you set the tone, you set your environment, and just enjoy.
0: That's so helpful. The meditation tip is such a good one. That's one that I haven't done meditating before or after the money dates to just get in the right state of mind, calm your nervous system. That's so, so helpful. I do. I actually am very much that person who likes to light a candle and play music. And I'll pour like a glass of kombucha and have my little dates with myself every Friday when I go through my money each week. So if anybody hasn't tried that yet, highly recommend that approach. Yes. It makes it a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Chiama, this was so, so helpful. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all that you've shared with us. Please let our community know where they can find you, where they can listen to your amazing podcast and how they can stay in touch with you.
1: Well, first of all, thank you so much for, it's really a pleasure to connect with you and just share space with you. I do hang out on Instagram I'm back to being inspired by all of you. So yes, <laughs> my, <laughs> my Instagram handle is Chiama. Also, my business name is called The Mindful Bookkeeper. So you can feel free to connect with me there. My podcast is called Cheers to Your Prosperity. So I appreciate the shout out from you. So thank you for that. And honestly, because you all share discussions like this, It's the fuel. It's the fuel for that podcast and the fuel for just keeping the conversation going. Thank you very much.
0: Yes, thank you. I mean, you have incredibly informative and important conversations over there, so I'm happy to share and happy to amplify. And we'll make sure that all of your information is linked in the show notes so that folks can find you on Instagram, so that they can listen to the podcast, so that they can check out your bookkeeping business. For those of you who have businesses, if you don't have a bookkeeper... (laughs) get one and check out Chiyama. That is like having a bookkeeper is a non-negotiable if you have a business. So (laughs) that'll maybe be the last tip of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again for joining me today. And thank you. Thank you so much. I told you Chiyama was going to help us get our lives right. Talking to her really helped me feel more centered and focused on what it means to be mindful with my money and inspired me to stay in my lane and not compare my finances to others. Head to the show notes to learn more about Chiyama and to check out her podcast, Cheers to Your Prosperity. Huge thanks to you for tuning in. And I have to give a shout out to our incredible sponsors. Not only do they give generous offers and discounts on amazing products and services that help us keep more of our coin, but they also make the production of this podcast possible. So make sure you head to the show notes, check out the discount codes. And if you do buy from these brands, make sure you let them know that Balanced Black Girl sent you. So next week, we're talking all about the intersection of money and relationships, how to invest, why women having their own money is so important, and more. So make sure you're subscribed so that you get the episode as soon as it drops. And if you're liking this series, be sure to leave a rating and review. Thank you. I love you. And I will talk to you next week.